Hello. What's going on, y'all? This is Back to the Basics, your host. This is season two, episode 27. Grand Risings to you. I hope that everyone is doing well. We made it past a miracle Monday, and now it's a triumphant Tuesday. Without any further ado, season two, episode 27, Black Mental Health Matters. So I, I had gotten up, said my prayers, did some meditation, and as I was getting myself together, I ran across an article in the New York Times. Let me start sharing the screen. This always happens. Hold on here. Let me open it up. And let me flip back over. So this article, anyway, actually was written today from the New York Times. It was written by Dana Givens. I wanted to just break down the article. Make sure this thing come on the screen. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. All right, so now I gotta take all this lovely stuff down off of here. Otherwise, y'all are not gonna be able to actually see it. There we go. Let me move myself out of the way. There we go, there's the article. I'm gonna probably blow it up a little bit more for those who are watching and for those who are listening. I'm gonna verbalize as much as I can. This article was written today. Oh my goodness, why did I do that? That was my fault right there. There we go. So the title of the article is The Extra Stigma of Mental Illness for African-Americans, written by Dana Gibbons today, August 25th, 2020, 5 a.m. Eastern Time. There we go, we're moving down. I'm gonna take off this banner. I am gonna run another banner, which will be the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. I will run that. Okay, back to the article. I was a 22-year-old temp working for a high-profile company when I collapsed on the bathroom floor at work. 
I had no clue what was happening and neither did anyone around me. My heart was beating loudly, making it difficult to think, move, or speak. When I was taken to a hospital, the doctor told me what I had experienced was a panic attack induced by severe stress. I went back to work the next day and acted as if nothing had happened. And most of us do act like nothing has happened. Getting back to the article, I was ashamed and my pride wouldn't let me discuss the matter with my worried coworkers. Now, how often does this happen? And we in the black community act like nothing happened. Notice what Mrs. Givens said. Or should I say Miss Givens said. She was ashamed and her pride wouldn't let her discuss the matter. So my personal thoughts, like I said, I have spoken many times. I am recovering myself from anxiety and depression. I am in the recovery phase. My personal thoughts on this was, or should I say is, at times we must learn to swallow our pride, speak up, go to therapy, and encourage others to do the same. Let me go let me proceed through the article. This would be the first of many attacks I had before I sought help for my anxiety disorder and moderate depression. Now, this is what I have to say here. And this is coming from a patient perspective. I am not a mental health professional. For those who are watching this, uh, you all can see the banner that is scrolling across the screen. Go seek help from a trusted mental health professional, the National Suicide Prevention Hotline, 1-800-273-8255. 1-800-273-8255. Mental health Matter, matters. So when, uh, let me get back to what I was saying. So I'm coming to you from a patient perspective. Um, it has been said to me by various doctors, particularly therapists, that yes, while individual can have anxiety without depression, it's very, it's very rare that an individual will have depression without anxiety. The fact of the matter is, is that suffering in silence does no good to anyone. Let me get back to the article. At the time, I did not have the language to express what I was feeling. 
So my quote to that is, this is just from my personal experience, going through long-term therapy that I did at uh, Rock Springs Behavioral Health Hospital in Georgetown, Texas. And I do plan on doing an upcoming broadcast on that. Journaling and keeping a diary helps with processing our emotions. I know this from personal experience and that's coming from me, myself. Back to the article. When, when I was growing up in a predominantly black community in Harlem, therapy was stigmatized as something for people who could not handle challenges. Even as an adult, I feared that if I went to a therapist, someone I knew would see me and tell my family and friends, so I hid in deep shame. This is what I have to say about that. There comes a time where we really have to get past what people think. I'm gonna be a little stern here because look, <clears throat> I'm a millennial, but I'm not confused. It took me a long time to really see the world as it is and not what I want it to be. The fact of the matter is this is not high school. This is not junior high anymore. Why do we care so much? Some of us care so much about what people think. That's the problem. Be your own advocate. I'm going to continue to say that until I am six feet in the ground. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Be your own advocate. Think for yourself. If an individual seeks help and goes to a therapist, that is, first of all, their business. And if anybody has something negative to say about that, see, that right there is a, is a reflection on that individual. It, it seems to me like whoever is criticizing someone for going to seek help, mm, they might want to look in the mirror and look at themselves. Because they may need therapy too, but they refused to acknowledge and or they are in flat out denial. This is just my personal opinion. Navigating through life on this prison planet is not easy. Let me get back to the article. It wouldn't be until I was in my late 20s that I finally decided to see a therapist and I did so in complete secrecy. 
My therapist would often say that I shouldn't have to hide or feel ashamed for wanting to get better, but I didn't see it as that. I saw it as a sign of weakness that I had to go because my anxiety and depression had reached a point where I couldn't handle it on my own anymore. Even though therapy was supposed to help me deal with this mental baggage, I couldn't help but still carry shame. And I definitely can identify with Miss Givens on her statements. Okay, back to the article. A few years ago, I started being open about my struggle with mental health, and I later discovered that I was far from alone. Much of the way African Americans deal with mental health or choose not to is based on how we are socialized, says Sean J. Fletcher, a professor at San Jose State University whose research covers health disparities among African-American men. And I'm going to say this, that there needs to be more research on on Black men's health. And yes, now I'm gonna I'm about to go on a rant. Y'all know y'all y'all already know how back to basics is. I can go on a rant, and I'm gonna go on a rant because me personally, and I'm gonna say this without apologizing. I love black men. Black men's health is not talked about enough. It's not emphasized enough. It's not promoted enough. I get so tired of hearing about breast cancer awareness, ovarian cancer awareness. Listen, I'm not against that, but how about let's talk about prostate cancer? Uh, let's talk about testicular cancer. Um, why is women's health so overly promoted over men's health? I'm not. I'm not feeling that at all. Looks like discrimination. Looks like there's some sexism going on up in here. That's all I'm saying. See, I, I'm not. I'm not ashamed to go there. And no, I'm not apologizing. You feminists, you already know how I feel about you. You can't say on one minute, "Oh, well, we don't need men, and we can just do it all by ourselves." And then time when stuff, then when stuff gets tough, oh well, um. I can't handle this. Well, could you? No. Yeah, I went there. I'm not a feminist. I'm an equal opportunist. I'm going to promote black men's health and black women's health on this platform. I'm just saying what some people are thinking right now. 
that Black men's health is not emphasized enough in our society. Anyway, back to the article. Black parents often have tough conversations with fairly young children about police brutality and racism, Dr. Fletcher told me. And, well, Black parents should do that because, you know, they should. They should be honest with their children. Let me keep going. Our culture has taught us that we do not have the privilege of being vulnerable like other communities. It has taught us to find strength in our faith. And I'm going to stop right there. I wouldn't have used the word faith. I would have used the word spirituality. And that's just me personally. I do plan on having a broadcast about spirituality, not Christianity, spirituality. But that's another broadcast. What I will say before I get back to the article is that oftentimes, depending upon what sacred text um, someone reads and studies and chooses to follow. There's often times where, again, that seeking help can also be discouraged. Me, I've been in the black church a long time. And depending upon which church you're at, seeking help can be discouraged and may be discouraged, should I say. Because, you know, oh, you know, if, if you just pray and believe, well, that's the problem. Okay, here's the problem with that. <clears throat> In the Bible, it also says that faith without works is dead. So you can do all that praying and believe in all you want to. But if you don't do anything, then don't expect for anything to happen. I know that just messed some of y'all up who are, you know, super religious or whatever. See, I'm not religious. I'm spiritual. I had to step back away from the black church and, and re-examine that as well. In fact, I mean, I'm at the point where, you know, I'm just, when I found out that 
the 66 books of the Bible, that that was incomplete. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. We got to look. We need to start looking at. We need to go deeper. Because if this isn't complete, then, hey, I might have to go over to that uh, apographer. I may have to go over to the Sefer Bible and other sacred texts and find the most high for myself. But getting back to faith without works is dead. The most high is not going to come down here and comb my hair and brush my teeth for me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He ain't going to do that. There's a lot of misrepresentation, particularly in the religion of Christianity. That if you just pray and believe, then everything's going to be all right. Well, you're not doing anything. You can pray and believe all you want to, but if you're not doing anything, what good is it? You might as well just not even pray. If you're not going to do anything. Now, for those who, you know, read and study the Bible, I mean, just go to the book of Hebrews. Chapter 11, the faith chapter. Back to the article. Our history has shown us that the medical field cannot be trusted with black bodies. Whoo! I can go on another rant, but I'm not going to do that. According to a 2018 report from the American Psychological Association's Center for Workforce Studies, only 4% of therapists are African-American, while black people account for about 14% of the population. Dr. Joy Harden Bradford and I'm not even okay. A black clinical psychologist based in Atlanta said racism is an underlying factor. Being transparent about one's own struggles may help to ease the stigma. I'm going to correct that statement just a little bit and just say it will help to ease the stigma. The best thing is to be transparent. Just be honest about it. <laughs> We're all struggling with something. Some of us just don't want to acknowledge it, don't even want to admit that they're struggling, but it is what it is. Despite such efforts to open the dialogue about Black people's mental health, it can still be a struggle. The only way to truly end the stigma around mental illness is through empathy 
and offering comfort to those around you who may need help. Notice the verbiage, empathy. Now we're not talking about throwing our hands up, laying down on the ground and having a pity party. That's no, 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 no. That's not, mm -mm. that's not, that's not what's, no. Empathy is attempting to put yourself in someone else's shoes. It's not just feeling sorry for them. Yeah, I'm recovering from anxiety and depression, but I don't want anyone feeling sorry for me. And I know there's some people, well, you know, just to admit that that's weakness. No, it's not. How is that weakness when I am whooping anxiety and depression's tail right now? Like the resiliency I have? After coming through that treatment, after experiencing discrimination in the workplace last year in 2019, I am more resilient now than I have than I ever have been before. See, that's the thing. Life isn't going to be just a bed of roses and everything is going to just come easy. That's not reality. That's a blessing that I even went through anxiety and depression. I didn't like being discriminated against, um, you know, at the workplace. It wasn't fun at all. It wasn't fun working my tail off, not being appreciated. You know, feeling, what should I say, you know, just being dehumanized. I didn't enjoy that, but you know what happened through all that bad, all that negative, you know what happened? I actually found out who I was. That was the blessing. That was the silver lining of me going through anxiety and depression. I didn't know who I was. Ain't that terrible to be on this planet living and not know what your purpose is, what your assignment is. That's terrible. That's bad. Finally, at the age of 33, it became clear of who I even was. And I found out in a church up in upstate New York. Not like any church I have been at. And then it was confirmed in art therapy whenever I was at Rock Springs Behavioral Health Hospital in Georgetown, Texas. That I'm an advocate. <laughs> I didn't even know. I'm like, what? what? And I said, no, not me. Nah, you're a teacher. No, mm -mm. shoot, I'm still, st <laughs> I'm still a student. I'm still learning. 
But hey, sometimes again, had to go through some things. to find out who we really are, what we, what qualities and talents we even possess. That's important. It's not just who you are and what you are, it's also what do you bring to the table? Let me get back to the article. We're almost done. It is important that we don't merely start the conversation, but continue it by taking action, which is seeking out treatment. The myth of the strong black man and black woman has convinced many of us that we are unbreakable even when we are suffering. That affects both how we process our trauma and how we communicate about it with others. The biggest barrier is culture, Dr. Fletcher told me. Culture is the most resistant aspect to change. Again, this article was written by Dana Givens. She is an associate digital editor at Black Enterprise, a freelance journalist and host of the podcast, Love and Passports. Thank you for watching and listening to this broadcast and or podcast, if you're listening. Just like to emphasize that black mental health matters. And once again, for the banner that's rolling across the screen, mental health matters. Go seek help from a trusted mental health professional National Suicide Prevention Hotline, again, is 1-800-273-8255, 1-800-273-8255. Don't suffer in silence. It's not going to get any better. Speak up and go seek help. And if you're praying, hey, continue to pray and believe. But in addition to that, go seek help. In addition to that, if you haven't started journaling or keeping a diary, do that. Write it down. That will help you process your emotions. Write a write an unmailed letter. I highly encourage that. It's just a suggestion to write an unmailed or an undelivered letter. 
Before I go, I want to encourage everyone who is watching and listening to practice self-care. As the screen shows that I have up here now, taking care of your mind and thoughts. Some of us have some really negative thought patterns that we need to challenge. We need to challenge those negative thoughts. We can do that by, some people do, uh, they quote, um, what is it, positive affirmations. Some people use mantras, positive affirmations. and other tools to combat negative thinking. Take care of your physical health and body, exercise. You don't necessarily have to go to a gym to exercise. The gym is just a place. <laughs> Take care of your spiritual health. Take care of your emotions. It's okay to say no. It's all right. Don't be ashamed to, to say no. Don't be ashamed. Don't be bullied. Don't be any of that. It's okay to have boundaries. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Boundaries should be established and reinforced, not just for, you know, oh, you know, saying no just for saying no, but boundaries should be established and reinforced, not just for yourself but also for that other person to protect you and them. Once again, I'm your host, Back to the Basics. I love you as a sister. I pray that you have a wonderful day, that you practice self-care, here are some of the um, platforms that I'm on, I'm on a whole bunch of stuff, you can find me on Anchor, just look for Back to the Basics. I'm on Spreaker, Back to the Basics podcast. I'm on SoundCloud. I'm on Apple and Google Podcasts, Deezer. Spotify. My Instagram is up there. Miss under, underscore Coily. And I'm on Twitter. At B2 Shalonda. Just started up my Patreon. <laughs> I'm on that too. 
I haven't started playing around with Twitch yet, but I do have a Twitch. And for those who are on Black Junction TV, I'm also over there too. I'm sort of all over the place. <laughs> But once again, I love you as a sister. The Most High be with you to lead, guide, and direct your footsteps. This is season two, episode 27. Just before I go, if you missed it, I will be making a few additions to this broadcast. Um, I highly recommend that you go to my YouTube channel, it's back to the basics and check out season two, episode 14, mental health matters. Yes, it was a long stream. It was four, actually it was a little over four and a half hours. But for those who, again, I got it. Cause you could listen, y'all know I'm long winded. <laughs> y'all know I'm long winded. So. I know what you're going to say. L listen back to the basics now. I'm not going to listen to over four hours. No problem. If you start at the four hour mark, and if you listen to like the last 33, 34 minutes, it pretty much summarizes the whole four and, four, four and a half hours or so. But with that being said, have a triumphant Tuesday. And one more thing, because y'all know I got to run this banner. Y'all know I got to say it. None of my statements are endorsed by the United States Army, Department of Defense, and or any other military branch, element, or government entity. Yeah, I know I got to say it. It's just one of those things. None of my statements are endorsed by the United States Army, Department of Defense, and or any other military branch element or government entity. And with that being said, y'all have a blessed day and I am gone. <laughs>